Well, I mentioned that last Shabbos, uh, Stacy and I had the opportunity to be at the Hampton Synagogue, a unique experience, one I had not had before. And uh, we spoke to Rabbi Schneier earlier in the week, and uh, as I mentioned uh, more than once, uh, Kanta Hirschdick's going to be joining us for sure at some point before Slichus, before Labor Day weekend, to discuss the upcoming uh, Yamim Naroyim from his perspective as the great cantor that he is. Uh, and with us live via telephone is the rabbi of the synagogue, Rabbi Avraham Bronstein. We had the opportunity to spend Shabbos with uh, the Bronstein family and um, to really enjoy the service that uh, he and Rabbi Schneier preside over in the unique Hampton Synagogue out in West Hampton Beach, New York. Rabbi Avraham Bronstein, welcome to JM in the AM. It's so great to be here, and it was really a pleasure hosting you and Stacy for Shabbos last week. I appreciate that. I was honored that uh, we made it into your By the Numbers section, which I thought was a, a, a sign of really making it out there at the Hampton Synagogue. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, <laughs> there's so much happening, as you can tell, over the course of any given weekend, just so you should know the context. So we had to figure out a good way to sort of tell the story of what goes on out there. And every Sunday night or Monday morning, Rabbi Schneier and I will get together and we'll try to figure out how to describe the weekend by the numbers. Um, Because nothing tells the story like statistics tells the story. Exactly. Meaning, you know, what a typical synagogue would do possibly is try to come up with a newsletter and write, you know, a few paragraphs about what happened last week or who was there or what special events happened or anything like that. Um, if we tried to do that over the course of the summer, we'd be writing pages and pages every single week. Right. That's right. true. So we figured this was a cute way to try to capture the spirit of what goes on on a typical Shabbat um, in our summer season. You know, I, I, I've given uh, my listeners this week somewhat of a perspective from my point of view, uh, what it's like to be at this unique congregation and to visit the Hampton Synagogue for the first time. Tell me about the first time you walked into the congregation. So the first time that we um, arrived at the Hampton Synagogue was 2006. Uh, I was teaching at MTA then. I was teaching Jewish history and computer science. And a friend of mine was then serving as assistant rabbi, and I was a third-year Smicha student, so um, this was a summer internship. And my wife and I came out. It was Memorial Day weekend, Dudu Fisher was the chazan, accompanied by the choir, as she was back then for holiday weekends. And it was absolutely a mind-blowing experience. And that that was already in the sanctuary that I saw and and davened in this past Shabbos. That was in the sanctuary that you saw. Uh, Back then, the Hampton Synagogue, back back then on a holiday weekend, nowadays too, um, there must have been eight or 900 people in Shul Shabbat morning. It was a holiday weekend. It was Dudu Fisher. Uh, we had a congregational Friday night dinner um, in, the, in our um, Edelstein Hall following services Friday night, which attracted another 120 people and a guest speaker, and we were off and running. You know, um, it's interesting what you just described, uh, and most people would think it would be unique what you've described for a holiday weekend or a quote-unquote big Shabbat. From our perspective, it looks like it's what's happening every single weekend. So It it happens every single weekend, but it happens a little bit differently every single weekend. Uh, No two Shabbatot here are the same. 
Rabbi Schneier and I um, take special care for that as we're planning the summer, which begins back in January or February of each year. Wow. One of the things that we're really trying to make sure is that every weekend is special, um, that there is incredible programming every weekend, or that there's the right mix of guests every weekend, and that we're presenting an incredible array of things for people to enjoy, but also not that any two weeks should really be the same. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And uh, some people, I, I believe some people would study uh, your um, your uh, approach to programming and they, they'd learn a lot from it because it, it seems that from Thursday to Monday, certainly, and I, I might even argue, you know, the other days of the week as well, you're really packing the community schedule with as much as possible, shurim and lectures and concerts and author discussions and Jewish films and breakfast forums on Sunday. Like it's and and a kids program. One of the things I mentioned is I I was walking into shul for mincha Friday night and I'm seeing a bunch of people walking out of shul and I've never seen that before. You know who walks out of shul on the, on the way into mincha on Friday? And the answer is you have an amazing kids program that takes place erev Shabbat. Uh, which most people, most congregations in the world, wouldn't be brave enough to do an hour before Shabbos. No, no, for sure. Um, going back to your first point, uh, I think that we are that kind of a model. Um, I know that the summer brochure that we publish every year um, towards the end of April or the beginning of May, that has the full list of our calendar to that point, because it develops obviously since then also, um, every summer, is widely circulated among synagogues and Jewish community centers, and people read it and they study it, and they have conversations with us about how to do some of what we do in their context. I can tell you that I meet at least once a year with um, regional directors at the Orthodox Union um, who do synagogue services, who um, also are impressed by what we do, and they try to figure out ways, we try to figure out ways through which we can um, almost export to a certain degree um, what we do in a way that other synagogues can do as well in their context. Um, we see ourselves as the pace setter. Very interesting. I'll tell you. I was amazed. I was amazed by the programming. I was amazed at the congregational and community reaction, frankly, uh, because uh, you, you never know what people will find interesting and what they won't. It seems that you have a community, a congregation that's completely engaged in what you're offering them, and they're interested in current events and hearing about different things and the seeing and enjoying uh, different aspects of Jewish life. Uh, I would say that the the Cantor's presentation would be among those. You know, it may be a three-plus-hour service. No one seems to mind. The time seems to fly by. You even mentioned to me, so I was wondering what a rabbi's perspective was when you have to you know, be there every single week and, and experience the chazan. And, and to me, it sounded like when you're not there the rest of the year, it's something that you miss on a weekly basis. Uh, it, it, how could you not miss a davening like that? Yeah. Um, and I, I can even draw the parallel um, to the way that we do the programming, as, as you just did. The, the same way that no two weeks are the same programmatically, the davening isn't the same any two weeks either. Um, Kendra Hershik is not only an incredible talent vocally, but he's the, um, the consummate Baal Nusach. Uh, he's the consummate um, Baal Tzfila. And no two davenings are the same. So if you were um, in the synagogue last week, as you were, and you heard those little um, bits and motifs of the High Holy Days Nusach um, kind of interwoven into, into davening as kind of a foreshadowing of what's to come, um, 
if you were in the synagogue a few weeks earlier, you would have heard a few bit um, a few bits and motifs of Tishabav woven into the service as wow. a foreshadowing of what's to come. Right. Which pieces he sings, how he sings them, it's different from week to week, so that somebody could be in the synagogue from May through October and never experience the same davening twice. Are any two kiddushim alike at the Hampton Synagogue? Of course not. <laughs> And you're serious about that? 100%. <laughs> so you come for Kiddush, it'll be different week after week. It's different week to week. And there's some mainstays that, you know, crowd favorites right. that keep recirculating the same way that maybe certain speakers are, you know, crowd favorites or certain cantorial pieces are, you know, part of the regular repertoire. But it changes week to week. That's part of what's important. Going back to something you said earlier also, sure. um, I think I explained this to you as we were walking home from dinner last Friday night. If you think about any typical synagogue um, or any typical Jewish community, usually what ends up happening is that there are a certain number of people that are there. They're just there because they live there. That's their shul. And there's a certain number of people, a smaller number, that are um, kind of looked to as the movers and shakers of that community. They're right. the ones who have the, uh, the vision. They're the ones who perhaps provide the financial support. Right. They're the ones who um, sit in leadership positions outside of the community or within the community. Uh, one of the things that we're very fortunate to have at the Hampton Synagogue is for you know, 10, 12, 15 weeks a year, we have every community's those people. Right. And we have the causes that they're involved with. We have the organizations that they lead. We have the Jewish leaders and thinkers that they're close to. And they're here to enjoy themselves. They're here to meet up with their friends who share similar interests, and they're here to share. And the energy that that provides, that it provides you know, to the synagogue leadership as well, it's an incredible feedback loop. And you saw a little bit of that energy and that dynamism when you were here as well. No question about it. It's really unique, very interesting. A, uh, a, it's, I always thought, as many I'm sure out there, you know, think and wonder exactly what it's like, but it was completely different from what I expected, and it was really a, uh, a wonderful experience. The Hampton Synagogue, everybody, a public service. And I don't know why I'm having trouble grasping this. When when you're on Long Island, uh, the only way to have a daily Shachris uh, Minchamariv uh, for for what's almost hundreds of miles, right, would be at the Hampton Synagogue. What would be the, the radius of, uh, of where you, that you guys would cover in terms of a daily minion? I, it's hard to say. We, we've, been, we've, we've thought about this a lot. Um, certainly from us to Montauk, which is you know, about 60 miles heading east, right. there is no daily minion. And going west also, um, dozens and dozens of miles until you find a community that has a stable daily minion. Um, you know, the joke that we like to tell people, who um, you know, I, I told you this as well, who come out for the first time, is you have to prepare yourselves because it's literally a very long island. Right. <laughs> it uh, certainly is. Especially on a Friday, by the way. <laughs> well, only, right. Well, it's like falling into a black hole on Friday. <laughs> right. But the further you drive, the longer it takes, and you will feel as though you're never going to get there. But um, all the way out here, I, I think, you know, at a certain point, going back, you know, a few decades, there, was, there were more Jewish communities. There was more of right. a sense of daily minion and um, synagogue life. Um, unfortunately, for a variety of reasons, that's dwindled over the last uh, number of decades. But we're the, we're the stalwart. We're proud to be here. And Jews from these small communities anywhere around here know that we're the place to come for community. We're the place to come for a minion. Um, if somebody needs to say Kaddish, they know that they can count on us. 
and the people that are here year-round who make up the Daily Minion, who did it originally as a grassroots effort, by the way. They did it by themselves, um, take incredible pride in being able to provide that for the Jews of Suffolk County. Yeah, the Daily Minion is such an important service, and it's obvious that the Hampton Synagogue is doing it really well. All right, Bronstein, I thank you. It was a great Shabbat. A one, I'm glad we had this opportunity to do a little bit of a review and, some, and get out some information about the uh, synagogue to the broader Jewish community. And continued Hatzlacha, continued success as you uh, embark on 5779. The new year is right around the corner. It sounds good. Rabbi Schneider's joke always is that a typical synagogue rabbi has, you know, three months to take, you know, to get ready for the High Holy Days. We get about three days, you but know, um, it'll it, be incredible. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. <laughs> I don't really want to give this preview, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, it, it's the, that is the thought that is going through my head as I think about my upcoming conversation with Cantor Hirschdick, because every Cantor, and there have been many who have been on this program this time of year in the last 35 years, we have all discussed the time that they take off during the summer. That is obviously something that Cantor Hirschdick does not enjoy uh, or does not is not able to take advantage of. So no, yes, obviously not. He's davening this week. He's davening next week. Exactly. There's a bar mitzvah the week after that. So just and then suddenly so, you snap your fingers, flip the switch, and we're in Yamim Narayim mode. Correct. Just like that. I mean, the energy changes completely. I mean, he'll daven Shabbos, and the and the following Sunday night's going to be uh, Rosh Hashanah. Absolutely. So, you know, the next night, frankly. So, yeah, that's going to be unique. I'll, I'll mention that to him, and uh, we'll talk about that. And, yes, you're right. Both the rabbis and the cantor and all the community leaders uh, feel that when you have the unique situation that the Hampton Synagogue has. Uh, right, Bronstein, thank you so much. Best regards, and we look forward to speaking to you in the future. Absolutely. Come again soon. Greatly appreciate that. Rabbi Avraham Bronstein, rabbi of the Hampton Synagogue, had a very we had a very, very interesting Shabbat there this past Shabbat. And I thank him and his family and the entire congregation. And we'll have an opportunity to speak to Cantor Hirschdick at some point between now and Slichus right here at JM and the AM.